We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Casual Friday. My name is Sean for W, and I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. And as always, I'm joined by my partners in crime on every Casual Friday, starting to my left, your right. That is Mensa. Mensa, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. You, I mean, come on. You know, I'm doing great. Very happy with the way the Knicks season is starting to turn around. All of our guys are playing well. Um, well, most of our guys are playing well, but the one guy that matters to me most is playing well. <laughs> so I'm doing great. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get into who that person is and he that person will get all the plaudits that they deserve. And also joining us, as he always does every single week, is XJ. XJ, how are you? I'm great. I'm feeling super confident. I'm feeling like Mensa level confident right now in the season. Uh, very optimistic about not necessarily how things have gone, but how things will go. And I think things are really going to be playing out the same way that a lot of us expected, maybe just with a little bit of a slow start. So I'm feeling very optimistic. So it seems like if we were to do a vibe check that the vibes are in a good place, but let's find out exactly where the vibes are from each of you. So I will start with Mensa first. So Mensa, please tell me, how are the vibes? So I want to do a scale of one to 10, right? But on this particular scale, nine is higher than 10. The vibes are a nine right now. Okay, guys? The vibes are a nine. Okay. I'm very, very happy with where the team is right now. Um, so pleased to see the way the Knicks handled business against the San Antonio Spurs. Shout out to everybody who joined me and XJ on playback um, for that game. We had a great time. We were doing trivia in the fourth quarter and then it got a little dicey, but the Knicks handled business. And most importantly, all of the national propaganda that was ready to roll when Victor Wembenyama was supposed to have this coming out party, all those t-shirts got sent to some third world country. You know, like it just didn't happen. Sorry, guys. They had to change everything. The Knicks won the game. The Knicks are doing good. 
And the vibes right now are a nine. You know, you could have just went with, I thought you were going with that the scale goes from zero to nine, but you know what, Mensa? It's your scale and you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so nine's higher than 10. Nine is nine higher is than 10 higher right now. Than 10. <laughs> Listen, man, it is your world. We're just living in it. So XJ, you, you spoke about optimism earlier in the intro. So I'm guessing the vibes are in a good place, but you never know. So I'll ask you, how are the vibes? The vibes, uh, the vibes are, are Walt Clyde Frazier on my scale. The vibes are a 10. Um, I know it seems kind of crazy to say the vibes are a 10 because there were four and four teams sitting here at 500 uh, after eight games of the season. But I am so bullish. I feel so good about the way things are going. Like, honestly, it's crazy because I don't know. You might think you might think that, uh, you know, things haven't gone according to plan, but I don't. I think things are going exactly according to plan to me. And we'll get into more of this as we we get into the episode. But to me, it's like the shooting I expected, always expected to be shaky, but literally everything outside of the shooting is perfect. It's like flawless. And if you're talking about a team where everything outside of one attribute, their most kind of sketchy attribute is going almost as bad as it could go, everything else going perfectly. If that shooting comes around even a little bit, we're talking about a top tier team in the East. I'm so excited. I'm so confident. Uh, bullish on the vibes. Uh, you know, ten out of ten, nine out of nine on on Mensa's scale. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because, you, like you said, we're four and four, but we're in a good place, and we're in a good place because the Knicks um, are on a two game winning streak. Although I don't know if it's a winning streak if it's two. I think I get to three, but Knicks won two games in a row against two Western Conference foes Monday night against the Clippers, and um. Wednesday night against the San Antonio Spurs. And that's a segue to how, if you ask me how the vibes are for me, the vibes are actually vengeful. And I say they're vengeful because for the better part of 20 years, Madison Square Garden was a place where players on the opposing team treated it like Carnegie Hall. Treated as their showcase, as their showcase venue. Treated it as the place to have their coming out party. Um, for you know, to 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 pardon the pardon the term, get their shit off. Um, especially star players. Now, listen, when star players get their shit off, it's like, all right, that does that doesn't really bother me because they're star players. I was at the Garden when Kobe scored 62, 61 points, and it's Kobe Bryant. He's he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer, all time great. That's one thing. But it would be the star players that would get their shit off of little to no resistance. That's those. That's what would bother me. Or the mid players that will get their shit off with little to no resistance. Like it's one thing if Kobe comes to the Garden and puts up numbers, and if LeBron puts up comes to the Garden and puts up numbers. But when it's like. Paul Pierce, and not that Paul Pierce is mid, but he's not on the level of those guys. But when you have guys like Miles Bridges, Terrence Ross. having a good game, Brandon Terrence Jennings. Ross, <laughs> been, well, Jennings. I say Miles, what a pull. I say Miles Bridges because Miles Bridges had a good game at the guard, and then he had audacity to make up a fake beef about like, well, about why he had to come do his thing in the guard. I'm like, you're Miles Bridges, but it was like, 
or, 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 like your mom's birthday. Or, or, um, Jay Crowder taking threes up, up 12 with like eight seconds left in the corner uncontested because you want to run the score up. Um, Mm. I tweeted earlier today that uh, ESPN and the NBA uh, lean heavily into this Wemby and MSG thing. And I don't I kind of I understand where they're coming from because, you know, that's what happens. Like, oh, star comes to the garden, star does his thing and we laugh. But you, you ever notice how no one cares about their debut at the Golden One Center or their debut at the TD Garden, or their debut at the American Airlines Arena, or their debut at the United Center, or their debut at whatever the hell Oklahoma City plays in. But everyone cares about your debut at the world's most famous arena. But I digress. Um, But yeah, they lean into all that stuff. They lean into it. And guess what? Mitchell Robinson said a word. And turned into the LeBron meme and did not allow Victor Wembanyama to score a point. And it just, it just, it, I remember when Marcus Morris said, we're going to protect the garden and we started four and 18. It seems as if now we are protecting the garden and the days of star players, semi-star players, mid players, below mid players, coming to the garden and treating like Carnegie Hall as their personal showcase game are numbered. The vibes are vengeful because we've been watching this happen too long and now it is time. Like, we kicked their ass. We kicked their ass from the jump. And then combine that with James Harden. Oh, his Clipper debut. Of course his, Clip- of course his Clipper debut is going to be at MSG. Of course. And nope. So, I, I'm I, the, for me the vibes are vengeful, vengeful because I'm petty and I should probably um shouldn't be as petty, but you know what? That's who I am. We Let's love you for it, Sean. Keep, keep up the petty, man. We we support that. We support that around here. Never change. <laughs> man, okay, there's a level of petty that I think is acceptable that everyone should have. Um, I don't want to get too too petty. Um, but I'm actually we're gonna address that petty later on in the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, let's move on to shout outs. So this week, we're actually we're just going to bring our own shout outs. Um the the wise and the wise and sage like GMAC said, I will leave you to your own devices to give your own shout outs. So we will start with XJ. XJ, who are you shouting out this week? 
So my shout out is not a who, it is a what. And I think it's really important. So I, I, I had to really go off the board on this one because I just needed to make space in this episode to shout this thing out. It is the Knicks defensive rebounding. Um, and it's not just Mitch. I know we're going to talk about Mitch. Maybe that one of you wants to give your shout out to Mitch. It is Hart. It is DiVincenzo. It is Quickly. These guys have all improved their defensive rebounding like crazy. Um, they're making sure that New York grabs every single board. A couple of data points I want to go into. If we look at the Knicks shot diet defensively, they're actually giving up the same exact shot diet that on defense that they did last year. It's kind of funny. So rim attempts. Um, this year, they're giving up 33% of the, of the opponent's shots at the rim. Last year, it was 32.9%. So almost exactly the same. Threes. The Knicks are giving up 39.3% of opponents' attempts are threes. Um, it was 38% last year. So it's not like they're, sh- they're forcing teams to take lower value shots. In my opinion, I think almost the entire difference in the defensive performance by the Knicks is explained by rebounding. Um, last year, they were 14th in uh, defensive rebounding percentage, 73%. This year, Number one in the NBA in defensive rebounding percentage, 81%. If you look at the raw on-offs, the Knicks are best uh, at rebounding. When guess who's on the court? You might be like, oh, Mitch, Hartenstein. No, Josh Hart. Then DiVincenzo. Then Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, These guys are grabbing long rebounds um, and close rebounds that make a huge difference. A huge difference. Um, You know, if they weren't on the court, a replacement level guard, somebody else that you could throw in there would not be getting those rebounds. So some people were worried about a guy like Josh Hart not being able to hold up as Julius's backup four when it comes to rebounding. But not only has he held up, I mean, it's kind of the only thing he's done so far this year, but but he's exceeding expectations. So to me, the shout out goes to the the, the team defensive rebounding. And that's the key reason why I'm so excited and enthusiastic and optimistic and bullish and every other word you want to use for him. Um, that's the key reason why I feel so good about the Knicks is rebounding on the defensive end. That makes your defense way better. And we know that because offensive rebounding makes your offense way better. It's just the opposite effect the other way. So I'm super excited about it. That's my shout out. The Knicks defensive rebounding. As a wise man once said, who used to uh, head coach at Madison Square Garden before he turned into a rat in South Beach, he said, no rebounds, no rings. Um, And rebounding is the final act of defense. And we have a head coach who preaches defense uh, every day, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So big up to you for XJ for pointing out the rebounding Uh, Mensa. Now, (laughs) I feel like the the running skit is that we know where your shout out is going to be, but I'm not going to assume because we know what happens when you assume. So I yield the floor to you. Who is your shout out to for this week? You know, I'm going to zag for me. I was like, obviously, I wanted to shout out um, my guy, RJ Barrett, because why not? Um, but I found a way, guys, I found a way to shout out RJ Barrett and also get other takes off. So I'm going to shout out <laughs> Scott Perry. That's who I'm shouting out. Shouting out Scott Perry, because the New York Knicks right now, once you take once you're not accounting for garbage time, and you're looking at net rating four of the New York Knicks 
top six players in net rating, if I can count, and I can. Four of the New York Knicks' top six players in net rating were all drafted by the New York Knicks. R.J. Barrett has a net rating scathing hot of 14.8. Mitchell Robinson has a net rating of 7.6. Quentin Grimes, net rating of 6.8. And then Emmanuel Quickly has a net rating for 1.2, which is out of character for Emmanuel Quickly. His net rating is normally weird, so that's going to go up a lot higher. I want to shout out Scott Perry because he was in. He was the general manager of the New York Knicks in 2018 when the Knicks took a chance on Mitchell Robinson with the 30th pick in the draft. When Steve Mills was considering trading out of the third pick to get a guy like maybe Darius Garland or whoever else he would have drafted, and I'm not quite, and I'm not quite confident he would have taken Darius Garland. Scott Perry said, "No, I believe in R.J. Barrett." We're taking R.J. Barrett when the new the the following season in 2020 when the New York Knicks had what was it? It was the 23rd pick, and then they traded down to 27, and they traded back up to 25. They took a kid by the name of Emmanuel Quickly out of the University of Kentucky when most people didn't think he was a top 40 prospect. So I want to shout out Scott Perry, but mostly the New York Knicks their scouting and analytics department because this is the same department now. That watch the 2018, and I'll never and I'll never get over. I was waiting for this. I was waiting. They watched the they watched the 2018 Kentucky Wildcats and said, "You know what? I want Shea Gilgis Alexander's teammate. I don't want Shea Gilgis." (laughs) And then two years before that, (laughs) two years before that, they watched the Wichita State. I think I forget the name of that that basketball the Shockers. team. Shockers, the, the Wichita State Shockers, and they watched the 2016 Wichita State Shockers, and they had their pick. They had their choice of any of those guys, and they said, "I want Fred Van Vliet's teammate Ron Baker." They got <laughs> their act together, and I want to shout them out because we are living in an era where the Knicks are fun because of the players they drafted, not because of a draft pick that they traded. We're not worried. We have all of our draft picks. And when we do draft players, we haven't done that in feels like in like four years, honestly, not since Quentin Grimes have we really drafted a guy. I don't count Trevor Keels. I'm sorry, guys. Um, since we've been drafting and developing players, we have a team that we can be proud of. The Wemby show was stopped last night because of Mitchell Robinson, who is on his way to an all defense campaign and and is having a historical offensive rebounding season. New York Knicks drafted and developed this kid. He's been here for six years. Mitchell Robinson and um, R.J. Barrett, rookies who signed an extension with the New York Knicks. Got to be proud of that. Really proud of these guys. Um, What more is there to say about what R.J. Barrett is doing? I mean, 14.8 net rating. Did you think that R.J. Barrett would lead the New York Knicks in net rating at any point in any basketball season? I know I did. But I'm asking you, the people at home, <laughs> if you believe that. <laughs> the answer is probably no. This kid right now is shooting, if I'm looking at it right, and I am, 60.8 true shooting percentage on a 27.3 usage and a 55.7 effective field gold percentage. If you are a KFS Patreon and you are on one of our town halls, you know the running bet right now, and it's looking like the good guys are going to win that bet. So shout out to RJ Barrett, shout out to Emmanuel Quickly, shout out to Mitchell Robinson, but mostly shout out to the New York Knicks for drafting these players and sticking by them no matter what the no matter what the narrative says about this, this guy might get traded, that guy might get traded. The New York Knicks have developed their assets to a place where if they do go out, it's not going to be 
for the Donovan Mitchell, we won everything in a, in a half. The Knicks have players that have a lot of value. And I'm very proud of that because we drafted these guys and we deserve a team that we can root for that's homegrown in New York. And I'm glad you ended with that, um, Mensa, because there was so much hand wringing and pearl clutching and yelling about we're not developing the kids. We're not developing the kids. We're not playing the kids. But when you look at like the majority of our team, these are guys that we drafted. And again, like we, and and listen, we got, we drafted, there's one guy in the team that went in the top five that we draft, that we drafted in the top five. Uh, We have two guys who took 25th, one guy we took 36. I tell everybody all the time, our, Third string center we found with, is an NBA player, and we found him with the 58th pick in the draft. He's an NBA player. So shout out to the development that has gone on um, in New York with the Knicks, which is something that, again, during those 20 years, we haven't had a long time. We have we did not see a lot of. Um, it's almost like and, finding and, these um, guys is, uh, is uh, Knicks culture, you know? I don't know. Uh, not not, not uh, Heat yeah. culture, but Knicks culture. The nastiest... <laughs> <laughs> Hand can, can we take a second can, can we take a second the, the fact that these clowns in Miami their city edition jersey has heat culture on it and, and, and the man. city edition court has like the toughest grittiest da, 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 and cringiest, like, the cringiest <laughs> most embarrassing <laughs> get out of here man I can't stand that franchise I don't care whatever um, <laughs> yo GMAC is putting stuff in the chat that I cannot read out loud <laughs> Ooh, that but, one uh, hello <laughs> <laughs> definitely not that one all right uh, but um, oh man I lost my I lost my train of thought oh yeah so like they're um the fact that we're now developing the we're, we're leaning on these kids is amazing a testament to the organization um my shout out um it goes to the hive of one Ron Alexander Barrett Jr and I'm shouting them out because they have been shouted down and why I don't consider myself in the hive? I've always been in RJ's corner and I've always supported that kid. And I oh, and, and I have been critical of him, but I always thought there was a good player in there. When the rest of NBA Twitter and casual NBA fans and NBA media told me that he had peaked, shout, shout out to Kyle on Twitter, who told me he peaked at his legal drinking age. And I and I replied in Canada because at night when he was 19 years old, I was told he wasn't any good. Meanwhile, any wing who who was drafted in 2019 who could walk or chew gum at the same time, I was told was better. Nasty. I was told that this guy is a bum and will never amount to anything. I and then it became any mid young any any. Mid young player on on someone's team, if they want to, if if you want to big up the mid young player on your team who was mid, you would use R.J. Barrett as the measuring stick. I retweeted, I quote tweeted a tweet today. There's this ass clown who's a who's a Golden State Warriors fan who tried to tell me that Jordan Poole was better than R.J. Barrett because if you played R, if you put R.J. Barrett in the Warriors, he wouldn't get any t- minutes in the playoffs. But if you put Jordan Poole in the Knicks, they would just flat out win more games. Well, I guess we're going to see how many games Jordan Poole is going to win this year, aren't we? Aren't we? Hmm. Like, 
It's crazy. And then to think about, so again, shout out to the RJ Hive because they stood in the face of these people with these foolishness and bullshitting and nonsense spitting and ass shaking for other mid players who were never going to be as good, including four of the people who made the 2019-20 all-rookie team over R.J. Barrett. Would you like me to read some of those names? I will read some of those names. I would love to hear the names. Please. Okay, so the 2019-20 NBA all-rookie team. So we have here, of course, this, okay, pop-up's great. So we have here Brandon Clark. Cool, understandable. John Moran, no argument. I'm not reading his any order. Zion Williamson, no argument. Kendrick Nunn. Heat culture got that one. How's that working out? (laughs) Eric Paschal. Terrence Davis. Rui Hachimura. Tyler Hero, no argument. PJ Washington, not going to argue with you. Kobe White. Four of the names I just read are no longer on the teams that drafted them. Eric Paschal, Kendrick Nunn, Terrence Davis, and Rui Hachimura are no longer on the teams that drafted them. And they were are drafted they, two of those guys four seasons ago. Well, Is Rui Paschal Hachimura who's dra- you you are you are jump you are you are that you spoiler alert. <laughs> I got, I'm getting there. <laughs> Rui Hachimura was drafted by the Wizards and is now a Laker. Terrence Davis was drafted by the Raptors. So uh, drafted by the Raptors and is now a Sacram and is a Sacramento King. Kendrick Nunn drafted by the Heat, then became a Laker and is now currently a Washington Wizard. And Eric Paschal was drafted by the Warriors. Then he played for the Jazz. And now he plays for something called a what is this called? Let me see here. Uh, he plays for something called a Leonis de Ponce. He plays in the Puerto Rican Basketball League. He doesn't even play NBA basketball. And he was drafted oh, in 2019. And these people were picked to be better. And listen, not that RJ had a great rookie season, but it was clear, like, all right. He's good enough that there are not 10 rookies better than him, but they managed to find these people. And I say that to say that is just an example of the disrespect and the garbage that has been thrown to the RJ Hive. And the RJ Hive has stood 10 toes down because, yes, some of them, they think that he not, not, I'm not, not, I'm not talking to people to say he's going to be a Hall of Famer or he's going to make multiple NBA teams, but the people that said, hey, there's a good basketball player in there and you just got to give him time because not all progression is linear. So to the RJ Hive, particularly to the man in the middle of your screen, Mensa, I salute each and every last one of you. You take your victory lap. You enjoy it. You spin the block. You do what you have. You do what you have to do because in life to the victor go the spoils. You know what that I just that that could bring go ahead. that that right there could bring tears to my eyes, man. Because right, you know, like the um, 
the Grim Reaper meme where it's like a bunch of doors and the Grim Reaper keeps going in. Like all those names is and RJ Brad is the Grim Reaper. He's coming. He's getting better than this guy. He's better than this guy. He's better than this guy. Um, at one point, all you had to do was be six foot four and be able to dribble a basketball from left to right. And everybody thought you were better than RJ Barrett. Six foot four and up, it didn't matter. I mean, you had like names like Nikhil Alexander Walker, good basketball player, is a bench player. Tyler Hero, good basketball player, can't defend me or a stroller. Um, it's just, it's crazy how much we had to deal with. And, and again, he was like the barometer, like, oh, I think this guy's going to be good. He'll be better than RJ Barrett. It was like RJ Barrett probably had the worst allergies ever for like 18 months because everybody on FBA Twitter would mention his name and he probably had to sneeze. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how often we had to deal with this guy's going to be better than RJ. Oh, well, RJ's not better than this guy and he'll never be that guy. And now he is the guy. So everybody who thought that RJ Barrett would be nobody, you're not right. You never will be right. And we will continue to be annoying about it every single time we get a chance because I believe that you live in the moment. And the moment right now says that RJ Barrett has been the New York Knicks best basketball player. And if you disagree, go disagree with net rating, not me. Argue with your grandmother. I think uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I'm definitely not in a position to be fighting anybody about this right now. Um, no, I I just want to say, like, I, I just think it's interesting because to me, what stands out the most is the difficulty of projecting, like, how young talent is going to pan out. Like, it's so hard. It's so hard. There are guys who, like, how, how old is RJ now? 23? 23 years old. 23 years old and you know, but he's been in the league for four years. Like it, it, it's really incredible to think that his trajectory, if he continues along this path, like if he continues to be this good, he may have a novel trajectory in the NBA in terms of like his low impact to potentially negative impact for like the first three to four seasons of his career to turning into uh you know an either a sub all-star or all-star level player. Like I don't know that there's many guys who have had his same trajectory. And that's incredible because people like me, we look at these things. We look at um is there a benchmark for this? Is there another comp guy to 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 somebody's uh, career tra- trajectory like this? And if there's not, it's like is this guy really going to be the first one? Like, I don't know. What's the, what's the probability of that? We'd say low, but guess what? We could be seeing it, which is incredible. That's completely incredible. And I do want to give you props, Mensa and everybody else who's, who's, who stood on that RJ Barrett hive because to see the kind of lows that he would hit at a lot of points and to still have that level of confidence and unshakable faith to me, you know, I, I'll say I've been, neutral on RJ the entire time. And I even give myself credit for that. Like I've never been like, you know, RJ sucks. Look at him. He's, he's a bus. He's trash. This guy's better. That guy's better. I've just been like, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. He's not good right now. He's not good right now. That's an objective like fact, but can he be good? He absolutely can. We'll see. We'll see. And we're, we're seeing it now. And so I just think that's incredible to stand on that despite like not having a reasonable comp for him really that I can even think of at his position. So I think that's incredible. So again, shout out to everyone in the RJ hive and, and listen, I'm not giving shout outs to all hives because some of y'all, some, some of y'all hives need to go away. Some of y'all are in hive that should not exist. I ain't going to name no names, but we're going to keep moving. 
What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. Going into this season, I decided it was time to make a change. My digestion didn't feel its best. I felt sluggish, stressed, didn't feel as focused, and knew I needed to do something different. So I decided to give AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, a boost in energy, and I hated taking pills or vitamins. Well, when I started drinking AG1 daily, not only could I see a difference in my daily health, but I finally had energy and noticed how much more relaxed and focused I was. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs, such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate, AG1 AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. That is unserious behavior for some of these hives, and which is a perfect segue to our on to our next segment. Why so unserious? Mensa, we'll start with you. Who would you like to call out as being unserious in the last seven days? Um, honestly, there hasn't been much for me to complain about. So I'm going to complain about the New York Knicks for giving scrubs jerseys that they should not have. Um Dylan Windler should not be wearing number 20. I'm sorry. <laughs> Daquan Jeffrey should not be wearing number eight. I know we love him, but Miles McBride should not be wearing number two. I understand that these jerseys aren't retired, so they're kind of free for everybody. But nobody's wearing number seven, and number seven isn't retired. And nobody should be wearing number seven. You know, like, it's just... And it didn't bother me until we were on the playback and the Knicks wore these 90s inspired jerseys. Like, they're not the exact throwback, like, not even close. But when I saw that number 20 on, on Dylan Windler, I was like, no, this is wrong. Like, it felt like it felt sinful almost to see a nobody wearing, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I mean, you're nobody until you're somebody. To see a nobody end wearing the, end of the bench player. An end of the bench guy wearing Allen Houston's number, like in those, like with the black side stripe. It, it, it was too close to home. Same thing with Daquan Jeffries wearing Spree's number. Like, come on, guys. Like, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. This is a travesty. And I don't, I hope that when these players eventually pass through the organization, because I don't think there's a future for them here, um, that the Knicks realize that, hey, maybe the next time somebody wears number eight, or number 20, or number two, or any number that has not been retired that is an awesome number, please, 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 give it to a guy who's going to get on the court and sell some jerseys, not to an end-of-bench guy, because it just, like, it, it's just wrong. It feels wrong, and that's all I can say about it. But it really did unnerve me to see those numbers in those style of jerseys on guys I didn't recognize. So thinking about it in a slightly different way, 
what if it, what if uh, the Knicks are letting these guys get these numbers because they're like, well, you know, the Garden will never see these guys wear these numbers anyway. <laughs> They're like, but don't we worry. Saw on national there's television. Five, there's only five minutes of number 20 playing in a Knicks jersey for the whole season. So we're not really worried about it. Whereas if you give it to, imagine if you give it to a guy like, uh, I don't know, Jericho Sims or a guy like Isaiah Hardenstein. It's like, it's like, yeah, this guy's good. But like, also you're seeing it all the time. That's like, gotta be frustrating. We'll give it to uh, a Dylan Windler. And uh, we don't have to observe it very much. So I don't know. They it's can just, just tell maybe Dylan that's how Wigner, thinking about it. They could just tell Dylan Wigner, pick another number. What's he going to do? <laughs> get a job somewhere else? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> don't wear that you know, number, bro. Like, no. You know, to be fair, to be fair, I don't, I don't know if people remember this. When Quentin Grimes was drafted, he had number eight. And then when we signed Kemba Walker... All of a sudden, Quentin Grimes wore number six because they said, "Hey, nah." He I forgot about eight. that. Yeah. So there is, and now, and the irony is that now, now that Quentin Grimes is number six, and now he's one of the last people in the world to ever wear number six, right? Because it was retired um, when Bill Russell passed away. But mm. so yes, there was a precedent for the New York Knicks telling um, players to go kick rocks when it comes to certain numbers, like if, you know, Alan Houston works for the Knicks. Like he but works now, for the Knicks. Now, here's what I'll ask you. Where is the line drawn? Because, for example, number three was out there in that jersey last night. Now, obviously, Josh Hart is not an end of the non-rotation player. He is a vital cog in, your, in Tom Tibble's rotation. But will he have the career in New York that John Starks did? Odds are like, no, John, like right. odds are probably not right. So where so I so I I'm I'm actually asking you generally like where would you draw where would you draw the line like who should because I think they're like all right like Mello is not the same tier like Spree is on the same tier as Mello in terms of like career accolades like where would you draw the line when it comes to like I, past ledges numbers. To me, it's if the jersey is not retired, it's technically it's fair game, right? Like technically, but at the same time, certain numbers mean different things to different fan bases, right? Like for us, 33 is a big number. Obviously, nobody can wear number 33. Number seven is a big number because the last guy who wore number seven was Carmelo Anthony. If the number isn't retired and they don't have plans on retiring the number, I understand. but. Like, okay, you have to, there has to be, and this is really, this is really silly. We're going straight off the rails with this one, but it's like, you have to be a certain level of like nice at basketball. <laughs> like if you're not this nice, bro, you can't wear this number for this team. You know, like, it's just like, okay, Josh Hart and, oh, and then, okay. And here's what I'll also say to add on top of that. Also the player, depending on who the player was, like that level rises higher. Right, like John Starks met uh, meant a lot to the Knicks. It doesn't feel wrong to see Josh Hart, John Starks wearing the number, and then seeing Josh Hart wearing it because Stephon Marbury had it in between. So, like, there is like the level kind of came down on that number, and then to give John Starks number to Stephon Marbury at the time was no slouch because Stephon Marbury was 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 a guy back then. So it's not necessarily that Josh Hart took. John Stark's number, it's like he took Marbury's number because Marbury had it last. He's who's last vacated it 
20 to me is a big deal because I, especially in that Jersey number, like 20 and eight, those are big numbers, right? Like in the last person to wear, I think the last notable person in New York to wear eight was J.R. Smith, right? So it's not necessarily too crazy. But Actually, it's Kimball Walker. Ah, right. Kemba Walker wasn't notable. I'm sorry, guys. Like he well, came, he was I, well, there well, as a New York, well, as a New York, like he's a New York legend, so, and I, I think that's why they gave him number. That's why I was like, "Hey, can I wear number eight? And he's like, "Yes," because you're a kid from the Bronx who's playing for your hometown team. But I understand your point, right? But according and, and according GMAC to puts it, go ahead. According go ahead. to your metric, though, or your 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 barometer, Menso, then wouldn't Windler be taking Kevin Knox's number? Tough, but Kevin Knox also was not notable, so I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but it's GMAC has it perfectly David. in the chat. He says that the objection isn't giving out Spree and Houston's number. It's giving those numbers to scrubs. You know, like Kevin Knox was the ninth pick in the draft. So giving him Allen Houston's number wasn't too crazy at the time. But is the organization like, supposed to say, hey, Dylan Windler, we know we're signing you and you're going to be a part of our roster, but you're a scrub, my guy. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> yes, you, you absolutely. Suck. And so, your contract and, tells you you're a scrub. <laughs> my dude, you're a scrub. You're never going to be anybody. Um, And we know that about you. We're signing you to be that at the end of the bench. You're never going to make it anywhere in this league. You can't absolutely. wear number 20 because you suck. And uh, yeah, it's, absolutely. But, but we're glad you're here, though. For the record, we are when happy. we say scrub and suck, <laughs> we don't mean in life. We mean in the realm of the NBA. Because again, Dylan Windler would give us all the business on a court. So let's right. be clear. He might be one of the 600 best players in the world, but he's not one of the 450 best players in the world. And that's what I would say. Um, but yeah, no, I'd be totally fine with that. And because like, and at the same time, you have to have respect as an individual. Like, show some respect. You are not Allen Houston. <laughs> Don't go and put that damn jersey on. And, and listen, and I don't think it would have bothered me so much if I did not see these jerseys in these 90s. If I didn't see those numbers in the 90s expired jerseys yeah. with the black side yeah. stripes. And like, because it those jerseys look so perfect to me. And then I saw that 20 and I was like, no, he can't have this jersey. This is not okay. And I mean, the Knicks are a franchise over the past two decades that hasn't necessarily had players come through that have deserved their numbers retired. But at the same time, certain numbers just should not go to certain players. And I am a firm believer in that. So I'm giving the Knicks my why so serious for this um, casual Friday. That was amazing. That was a that was a great discussion. And listen, I, you're right. Like the funny <laughs> thing is you said on playback on Wednesday and I was like, yo, you're right. That's literally like I have not seen that jersey with those numbers being worn on MSG in 20 years. And it's like you said, guys at the guys at the end of the bench. So, and again, they're not scrubs in the world. They're just in the NBA. They are into the bench guys. All right. So for my, uh, unseriousness, I'm going to actually going to give my unseriousness, um, to the New York Knicks. Also specifically the five Knicks on the court that allowed the, Spurs to cut a 30 point lead to 14, which then prompted one Greg Popovich to put Victor Wembanyama back in the game, which allowed him actually, <laughs> actually, you know what my unserious award is? My unserious award goes to Dante DiVincenzo because Dante DiVincenzo drove to the rim. And we know I don't know the number off my head, off the top of my head, but his is at the his his shooting. He's not great at the rim. He went for a layup. 
He bricked the layup. Victor Wimbanyama caught the rebound. That was his eighth rebound, which killed my parlay, which would have paid out plus 801 of Victor Wimbanyama under seven and a half rebounds. Um, Knicks team total over 116 and a half points and Mitchell Robinson over 10 and a half rebounds. So my unserious award, and I say this tongue in cheek, goes to Dante DiVincenzo and the the New York Knicks who allowed the Spurs to get even close enough to in this game for Wemby to go back in the game. And I think the fact that my unserious, like, and I will say this real quick, the fact that our unseriousness is about um, blowing parlays Jersey, Jersey numbers, uh, just, you know, we're in a good place right now. Yeah, the vibes are great. But, you know, the funny thing about DiVincenzo, and I don't know who pointed this out. It's like he's an elite cutter, but like a bad finisher. It's like it's a weird combination because he'll get to the basket and it'll be perfect. And then he'll blow the layup. It's so, yeah, that's that's frustrating. And I mean, the parlay stuff is the parlay stuff. Like, that's just that's just. If you know, you know, it just, it's just, it's yeah. part of it, you know, but, um, but that, that is actually a hilarious angle and I'm happy you brought it up because it gave me an opportunity to call out Dante, Dante DiVincenzo for not like, like, what are you doing, bro? Like he plays, like he forgets he's six foot four. I think Andrew said that. And, and I guess six foot four is tall in real life, but not in the NBA. <laughs> As I, I, someone who is six foot three with shoes on, six four is tall in life. But you, to your point, in the NBA, you're just not just a guy, but you're not you're not you're not that tall. I do appreciate his uh, his decisiveness. I appreciate that he's very decisive. He's gonna if he's gonna attack, he's gonna attack. It may not go well. It may not go well in a lot of cases, but he's gonna do it. And I feel like if only we could just take that whatever that is inside of Divincenzo and put it in a guy like Julius Randle, so he's not second guessing himself all the time and just like being decisive. I think you know we'd see a. a a much better player. So that's the only thing that I would say about that. I think it's like very ironic, obviously that our unseriousness awards are also not serious, but um, unfortunately I came up with a more serious one. <laughs> so we could just hold make on, it hold quick on, and hold blow on. through it. Yeah. Hold on XJ. I am very serious that scrubs should not be wearing certain numbers. Although yes, I'm, I'm very serious about, about I appreciate that. you clarifying that. I appreciate you clarifying that because you are serious about that. So don't feel bad for being serious. Cause I'm serious. <laughs> um, yeah, my, mine is quick. Mine is really quick. Uh, for me, uh, my unserious award goes to Quinn Grimes. Um, so for me, the reason I'm going to Grimes is, you know, like, hey man, you gotta you gotta force involvement in the game, and like, like you gotta shoot it every time you touch it if you're Quinn Grimes. And one stat that I, I wanted to share is that um, as a rookie, as a rookie, Quinn Grimes took 11.4 field goal attempts per 75 possessions. As a sophomore, 10.6. And now this year so far, 10.2. He's at his lowest um, shooting volume in his entire career, despite being more developed as a player, more familiar with the system. And I just still see that reluctance to shoot. Like it's, it's, that's, that's just really frustrating to me. Um, and like I said last week, it doesn't look like he's shooting well, but he's still shooting 39% on catch and shoot threes, 38% on wide open threes. He's just got to pull the trigger and be more aggressive um, for the offense to really start clicking better. And I don't know, maybe maybe if he was number eight, 
he would have that confidence instilled in him. So maybe the Knicks really should revisit their their, their number allocating uh, policy because if he was number eight, maybe he'd just look at himself in that jersey and be like, yo, I could do anything. So um, like some other other number eights that we've had in the past. But anyway, I, that's 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 it. It's just super quick. It's Quinn Grimes. I just need Quinn Grimes to be more aggressive. Um, stop being a reluctant shooter. Pull up every time you touch it. I don't care if you shoot 30%. Keep doing it. Uh, you know, I, you know something, XJ. That's interesting because we talked at the beginning in in our episode before the season started, and we were talking about how um, the game is like he goes too fast, and I. It's like, <clears throat> excuse me, he will like he'll get the ball, and the ball just like sometimes the shot goes up too quick, or sometimes he's like as soon as he gets the ball, he like he goes into the lane. Cause he's trying to like beat the rotation, but he's going so fast. Like he actually like the rotation hasn't happened yet, but similar to RJ and, and, and Fred Katz told a story on, on the pot of John earlier this week about how when RJ made that pass to Josh Hart in the corner and he didn't see him, but he figured he, he's like, Oh, well, if this guy's here, then that means Josh is there and I can make that pass. He would have made it last year and that the game was sold down for him. Maybe the game hasn't sold down for Quentin Grimes yet. Maybe he, I, I like to say like he doesn't see it like Neo in the Matrix, which is where RJ may be at now. So um, hopefully that will come with time and development. But to your point, like, yes, he's shooting league average from three. He's shooting 36 percent right now, but he's shooting 41 percent from the field, which is no good. So hopefully he can get that together. Yeah, my only thing to say about um, Quentin Grimes being unserious, look no further than these two numbers. Mitchell Robinson's usage rate, 9.4. Quentin Grimes' usage rate, 11.9. There is no reason for Quentin Grimes to have a usage rate 2.9 points higher than a guy who is literally not allowed to shoot the basket. (laughs) Uh, It's just... That's a great point. we, We need him to be more serious, 100%. Yeah. No, that's a great point. That really caps the whole thing. Absolutely. No, that that's very well said, Mensa. All right. So let us uh, move to our final segment. We're going to give out our big bet or our bold take for the week. Uh, XJ, I will start with you. What is the big bet or the bold take you are willing to give out on wax to be thrown in your face forever if it goes wrong <laughs> for this week? <laughs> So last week, speaking of forever, last week I hit or nearly, I'll say nearly hit on my bold uh, prediction. I said Quinn Grimes would drop 20 points, including five made threes. And the very next day he dropped 17 with five made threes. Um, You know, I will say though, obviously it wasn't the breakout I expected because uh, I thought it would lead to more positive progress for him. And he kind of just went back in the shell after that, despite, you know, a decent, okay, eight-point game versus San Antonio. However, this week, I'm going bolder. I'm going way bolder. The Knicks are going to run the Celtics off of the TD Bank Arena floor next Monday. I'm expecting a big IQ game. I'm expecting to be skipping all over, all over the Toronto Dominion Bank Arena and Beantown. And by the way, um, if there are Celtics fans listening to this, I'm never going to call your arena the garden ever, ever for the rest of my life. I will never call it the it's garden. It's the TD Jake Center until the, otherwise noted. It's the TD Bank. 
Listen, y'all, y'all literally had to raffle off your naming rights for a few dollars. Like you sold, you sold the name, the garden to, for a few dollars. You're like a foreclosed house. The bank owns you now. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, like I, I, <laughs> the, literal guess, the literal bank, the literal, the literal bank, the literal, not any bank, a literal bank. And, and also I want to say this, guess how many NBA arenas are not named after a corporate sponsor? You guys, you guys want to guess? Single. A single one. one arena, Madison Square Garden, the only garden. So Boston, pay your respects, your scrubs. Anyway, um, yeah, my prediction, <laughs> my prediction is that the Knicks are smoking the best team in the NBA. Um, the Boston Celtics on Monday. We're gonna see a little more Harnstein to deal with Porzingis on the perimeter. Um, we're gonna see quickly take over when he's in the game. And I just believe we're going to see a big run late in the game when quickly DiVincenzo, Hart, RJ, Harnstein, when that lineup is out there, that is where we're going to see the run because you can hurt Boston by one, by forcing turnovers, by two, by beating them on the glass, and three, getting their bench and, and getting to their bench when their bench is in. And I think that lineup against their bench is going to run them off the court. All we need is the starters to hold serve long enough. And I think they're going to do that. And I think we're going to smoke the uh, the Boston Celtics on Monday. That's my big prediction. I love it. I love it. You can go That's ahead. That's a bold prediction. And honestly, I think, um, listen, again, we were up six or three minutes left in that old season opener at home. And that was with Julius and, and Jalen couldn't throw it into the ocean. So, like, again, mm-hmm. I like to see how we attack, how we deal with the Chris House problem. But listen, if, if we if if shout out to Frick Katz, who had said, like, if Julius Randle had just been 2021, 2022 Julius Randle, the last couple of games, it would have been that would have been fine. Um, so we get like if that if that Randle shows up uh, against Boston next week, then. I'm, I'm, I feel confident in your bet. Mensa, what is your big, bold bet for the next week, few weeks that will be on wax to be thrown in your face by haters and the cat and the, the, the non-KFS casuals on, on the Internet if it goes wrong? All right. Here we go. So we are not back recording a casual Friday. The next casual Friday, I should say, is going to air on December 7th. So that gives me a lot of time, which means I got to be as bold as I want to be. So here's what we're doing. All three of Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett will score 30 points in the game individually. They may not happen in the same game. And... I'll go a step further. R.J. Barrett, by the time we are next recording a casual Friday, will have put up 40 points in a basketball game. I'm all the way in. I am all the way in. We play teams like Charlotte. We play teams like Washington. I just had the schedule up. Let me just run it. A couple teams that I think we can do work against. Um, we got, oh, I think um, on Black Friday, we got the heat. If Tyler Hero was back by then, that's the game that I am circling for RJ Barrett to drop that 40. <laughs> Wrong game for Tyler him to come Hero, back to. <laughs> <laughs> call an ambulance, but not for not me. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, listen, I, I'm really happy with, with these guys. I think they're playing really well. Um, I kind of want to throw quick in there. I think quick to score 30, but it's kind of, I'm not too sure with him and Tom Thibodeau with the minutes right now, but I know that 
Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randle are absolutely going to get minutes in a lot of them. And I'm expecting each of them to have at least a 30-point game. And I'm expecting R.J. to have scored 40 points by the next time we are recording a casual Friday. That's, I, I mean, that's a bold take. It's definitely a feasible take. So, I mean, and obviously, I'm never going to tell Mensa that he's being too bold. I'll, I'll, I'll never, <laughs> that, that dude knows what he's talking about. But, like, you, you, you're right. Um, Hornets twice. Pistons, uh, Miami, who I don't think is that serious this year. I, I mean, I could see it. I could see it. Wizards. Hawks. Oh, I didn't even, I missed the Wizards. What, what, oh yeah, you're right. They play the Wizards on Friday the, the 17th. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, a lot of opportunities. So good take. Uh, listen, barbecue chicken might be served on like, listen, it might be uh, turkey on Thursday, barbecue chicken on Black barbecue Friday. Barbecue chicken on Friday. Yes, sir. We know, man. like, I, I remember, like, when RJ dropped 46 on the Heat the last time, and I, I might I forget who said it. It might have been you, Mensa, but it was like, uh, someone said, like, um, Hero was, Hero's running screens to get away from RJ, but RJ's <laughs> running screens to find Hero. Levels. Levels. <laughs> levels. Um, all right, so my bold prediction was that RJ Barrett was going to be Eastern Conference Player of the Week. But since we have some time between here and the next Casual Friday podcast, I'm going to go a little bit bolder. And my bold prediction that can be thrown in my face if it blows up that I'm putting on wax is that the New York Knicks will be one, will be the East Wild Card team in the in-season tournament and make the semifinals and go to Vegas. You already heard me on the wax say that I think the Knicks are going to win the in-season tournament because we have a coach that wants to win every game. Now, part of that uh, analysis was based on the fact that I didn't think the Bucs would give a rat's ass about the in-season tournament. And had I known R.J. Barrett was not going to play and that Julius will play like a two-pack of ass, I, I, that, that maybe I would have taken a step back. But you know what? As the kids say, we stand on business over here. So I'm I'm sticking with my prediction. And I'm looking at the standings now. So for those who don't know how it works, the NCAA tournament has three groups in each conference. Each group winner, so that's six group winners, three in the East, three in the West. They go to the semifinals. And then the best second-place team across the entire conference is the wildcard team. And right now, the wildcard team is the Milwaukee Bucks who are 1-0, but everyone else is 0-1, including um, Dennis Chicago, because the second the second tiebreak, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head, the second tiebreaker is point differential. So Milwaukee's 1-0, Dennis Chicago has a point differential of minus 2, Cleveland minus 5, and the Knicks minus 5. So they actually tied for 6. Now, the next, next three in-season tournament games are, they played, as, as uh, Mensah pointed out, they played the Wizards, they play the Heat and they play the Hornets. So it's very feasible for them to win all three of those games. And if they win all three of those games and if they take care of business and if they put the Wizards in the dirt because they're going to be the worst team in the NBA at 12 and 70, you heard it here first. They have a really, really good shot of being an in season tournament, uh, of being uh, getting to the semifinals of in season tournament. All right. And with that, that is. Our, that is Casual Friday for this Friday. Again, as Mensa said earlier, we'll be taking a couple weeks off. Um, one of those weeks being Thanksgiving. So please um, 
spend some time with your families, you know, even if you don't want to, if you don't want to go watch football. Um, but before we get out of here, um, anything at Mensa extra, anything you guys want to throw out before we do before we wrap up some announcements? Nah, I think we said it all. I think I got all my takes off. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to the rest of the season. Looking forward. I mean, when we come back for the next casual Friday, I think the Knicks are going to be riding high. So I'm just excited to to, to see you all then. I think we're going to be on top. Okay. All right. Well, a couple of, a couple of announcements. Um, So first of all, so you're listening to this on a Friday. So today... At 3 p.m. will be KFS Study Hall um, with myself. Uh, I'll be riding solo. Um, that's well, I may be riding solo. We'll see if schedules work out. But 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon, you can check us out on Study Hall. Also, there will be a new Patreon pod. It'll be the first power rankings of the season that'll be available for everyone on the mellow tier or higher. That'll be with John and um, GMAC. So be sure to check that out if you're a patron. If you're not a patron, why aren't you a patron? You need to sign up and become a patron. Um, it is seven dollars. The minimum is seven dollars a month. That is, you probably spend uh, you spend more on that on bacon, egg, and cheese in a week. So make sure you should go out and become a patron of KFS. If you like what you hear now, all the cool stuff that you get behind, all the cool stuff you get as a patron is even is more worth it. Um, also. Want to send a big shout out? One of and the yes, cool things you, you get, get. For, those, for those who are watching. If you're watching, for those who are watching on YouTube, you can see the cool shirt that Menta has on. It says IQ. That shirt was for, I believe, our uh, Monroe tier and up, or Ewing tier. One of those tiers got the shirt. That's the reason why you should get this shirt. So clearly, right then and there, that paid for the shirt right there. The, the seven the, um, with your with your fees. Uh, Ewing tier, excuse me. The Ewing tier, you get a free shirt. And listen. It's probably so it's a good trade off. Um, next to last, want to give a big, big happy birthday shout out to APJP. Yes, sir. <laughs> happy birthday, happy my boy. He has the night off tonight. So GMAC stepping in, but big up to you. Make sure you enjoy your birthday. Listen, man, as a wise man once said, the only thing worse than getting older is not getting any older. So make sure you enjoy you your birthdays. Every last one of them. Um, and hope you see many, many, many more. Last thing I want to say before you get out of here, um, you're listening to this. You're listening to this on November. This came out on November 10th, which is Veterans Day Observed. Uh, the next day, that is act that is actual Veterans Day, November eleventh. Uh, Veterans Day used to be well, started as Armistice Day because that was the day of that the uh, that was the day that they signed a treaty to end World War One on the eleventh hour, the eleventh day of the eleventh month in nineteen eighteen, I believe. And while the while support of uh, of our uniform officers, whether they're civilian or military, has been overly politicized in the last couple of years. Anyone who puts on a uniform to stand to post and to serve in a line of duty abroad for our military as a level of bravery that is way above mine and the level of respect I have for them. So to all of our veterans, living and deceased, including my uncle, Lance Corporal Denzel Brown, deceased, we say we salute you. We say thank you to you. And we we appreciate and respect what you have done and the choices that you have made and the and the bravery that you have put on to protect um to protect every last one of us. So again, for those who again, it is not about being political. It is about 
those who choose to make that to choose to sacrifice and put their lives on the line. That's a decision that many of us could never, ever, ever, ever make. And so we respect we respect you for that. So for XJ, for Mensa, my name is Sean for W. Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Knicks Nation, let's ride. Let's ride.